suppose it makes means that I can tell whether we're popping or not. Are they quite drawing yours? Yeah, a little bit. Why is it not so? Hello, testing. What? What? Why is it like stop the work? It was, it was as long as it's recording through there. Yeah, but what about if it stops recording? <laughs> <laughs> then this will just be another one of our Testing. wasted oh, hold on, conversations. Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. You're not going to be that closely Te- shouting I'm down not, the microphone. I'm not, all right, all right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, this is fun. I've just had a, um, a Skype from Lucy telling me all the invoices and expenses that I have to pay. You have to pay? Yeah. Um, this is the problem with having staff, is that they spend money. And you sometimes <laughs> just think, can you not just, can you not just have paid that? Yeah. Like Damien's is like, can I say it on? I don't I can bleep it out. Yeah. Damien's is nearly 700 pounds worth of expenses. Right. <laughs> right. Now granted that's probably over like three months. But what is it? I never look. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy's is 230. Um, I get an email from my accountant every Friday telling me invoices I need to pay. Yeah. I, I don't never like doing it. No, it's horrible. <laughs> it's maybe the worst thing yeah. ever. I just don't seem to like ever be able to make any money. Like, <laughs> because the fucking tax man takes it. Right, or the VAT man takes it, yeah, and then I'm back to square one again, and I, I just, I feel like I've got all this work coming in, and I'm yeah. fucking like, I'm just on my knees all the time. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll do an introduction because we don't know what the podcast is really going to be called. I think it should be called "That Time the Dog Came Into the Office." Yeah, and the reason for it is when I think about it, the, the things I remember the most about every job I've ever had are things like when the dog came into the office. Right. I even remember that more than I remember work that I'm actually proud of. I don't think about, like, days at work where I was really happy. I think of times when I was like, my boss bought me fish and chips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that you focus on the things that... You focus so much on the things that make you unhappy that you don't see the day-to-day things that actually make you happy. You only remember these really random bits, like when a dog came into the office. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like the most amazing experience ever when the dog comes in. And I don't think that necessarily means it makes it means you're unhappy all the time. So that's the, the I think the name of the podcast. Now it's up for debate. It's only up for debate until like tomorrow when I put this live and it needs to have a name. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want it to be called? You well, want I... it to be called Business Bastards or something no, like no, that. No, the business matadors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're like we're like fucking bullfighters in this business ring, right? <laughs> and we're trying to like we're trying to like you know kill a bull what are you talking about <laughs> no 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 bulls are coming at us right and we're just trying to like you know like get out of the way what what are the are the bulls your clients <laughs> or are they the competition I don't really know it's just just the business world it's like the, the right. competition I'd say yeah the competition the competition yeah 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 but Com- yeah. do we know any of our competition we're our competition <laughs> yeah. right no, there's loads of... Uh, I mean, video's pretty saturated, isn't it? Like, the world. Right. It? So, it is, and I do think it's maybe... Like, one of the hardest things to actually make any profit on these days. Mm. I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know if I'm just doing it wrong. Well, I, fi- I, I think that, um, it, you know, in, a, in, a, in times of recession and all that bollocks... This is getting deep. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Our world kind of gets put to one side. Right. Like marketing and that. Well, no, that's not right. Only if it's a bit of a business which can be cut off. But marketing in times of recession gets more money spent on it. Nobody knows what we do. We've just started talking. (laughs) This is just for us, isn't it? Yeah. We're not going to get any listeners. No, (laughs) right. But that's the point of it is that you do podcasts based on the fact that. It's just a normal conversation that you normally have. Yeah, but you still need to give people context. This is like our videos, isn't it? <laughs> They've not got any context. <laughs> we get no fucking viewers. <laughs> no listeners. We're just this is just for our self indulgence, really, isn't it? Yeah, but it's mainly because we've like chronically um creatively challenged. So you think if you sit around a mic and talk and drink a beer, 
Yeah. Then greatness will come out what, of it. What, at one in the afternoon? Why well, don't tell him that? <laughs> <laughs> tell him that bit. <laughs> they, they're not meant to know that bit yet. Plus, Sally might listen to this. She knows you're drinking in the middle of the day. Yeah, she's at home struggling with a newborn child. <laughs> and I'm sat in a podcast chatting for an hour drinking a beer. <laughs> now, can you do an intro? I didn't intro. You didn't really introduce who we were. In, at the start, so people will be like, who am I listening to here? Okay. Uh, welcome, everybody, to That Day the Dog Came Into the Office podcast. Uh, I'm Stuart Warrington. I am a business owner called... Uh, I'm Stuart Warrington. I run a business called Superla TV, which is a film, animation, VR, and interactive company. I'm sat here with my co-host, Rob Barker, who runs a company called Barksy Media. They do... Uh, yeah, we we video production company as well, and uh, we've got a studio in Leeds. Uh, this is the first of hopefully a series of podcasts. If we don't get shut down or decide to stop because it's making us look like idiots, um, we the plan for the podcast is for me and Rob to have conversations every other week with each other or invited guests who run their own business, just to find out about the pitfalls and the highs and lows. That doesn't work, does it? Yeah, they don't have pitfalls and highs and lows. I like that. The pitfalls and highs and lows of running a business. You can't laugh. I can well, I'm already <laughs> laugh. I'm going to have to do this every single time. That's why you do it. Uh, any sponsors you want to get in touch, then uh, send it to an email that I've not s- set up yet. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Maybe we'll get Squarespace on, because they, they do every podcast, don't they? Heineken. We're drinking Heineken right now. No, you're not. You're, we're not drinking. <laughs> it's the middle of the day. <laughs> if Heineken can get in touch, please... But where are they going to send the stuff details to? We've not set up anything yet. All oh, right. So there is some structure to it. So the, the, the structure is whenever we're going to try and do it weekly, if not every other week. Right. When we can't get a guest, it'll just be me and you rambling about what it's like to essentially be an accidental boss. Yeah. The concept of an accidental boss, if you don't already know it, is someone, like the title says, who's accidentally in charge of a company <laughs> when they thought it, they thought they'd be great at it, but really there are times where they just feel like they're winging it. Um, but then the plan is to have guests on who run other businesses to do one or two things, to give a bit of insight as to what it's like to run a business, but also to maybe teach us how to run a business. Although I've been running a business for six years and you've been running one for five, yeah, you'd like to think that we're probably... We've got over the hump. What is the hump? It's just, it's just this, it's three years, isn't it? You've got to get over that hump where you've, you've tried to get into the market, you know, you've managed to slot in somewhere. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then, and then where have gonna, you slotted in? I'm, I seem to be in the world of medical. <laughs> like, that's that's my world at the moment. So, uh, well, accidentally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it wasn't accidentally, though. It was purposefully, was it not? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy it, I enjoy it. I mean, right. this is our first podcast, right? We don't know what we're doing, we don't know why we're here. No, we know what we're doing. I think it's going to kind of evolve, isn't it, as the, as That's the, the, as point the series it, yeah. progresses. It's like that, it's just conversations between me and you that we have anyway, yeah. where we just complain about, at times, tax and VAT, yeah. and the difficulties of running your own business, and how actually it's the bravado that comes with running your own business is everybody else you meet, and you go to networking events, Everybody else is just portraying perfection. And it gets confusing because sometimes you sit there and go, is everybody as great as they say they are? And I think warts and all and honesty, I might be completely wrong on this, is a better way to do it. It's sit there and go, you know what? Networking is a bizarre thing and this is how it works. And then you talk about that and you go, that is tough, man. It's really tough, especially as a small business. And talk about it honestly rather than... But I'm, I might be completely wrong because we might do this and someone might listen to it and go, I'm never going to work with them. Yeah. Which that's the, the, the thing we don't want to happen. But we don't want them in the first place. An, edu- an educational journey yeah. of running your own business, setting it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the pitfalls, all the highs as well. Mm. And it, hopefully it'll have more structure as we go forward. Yeah, we, we do hope. It will. <laughs> May, it, I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> It'll run better than we run our own businesses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were talking about having these guests in then. I mean, guests, that, yeah. The, po- the point is to get other people in to talk about their experiences of running a business. And again, it's just trying to get people to be honest about you know, what they've 
what the difficulties is it you know talking about staffing talking about budgeting talking about meetings and clients and experiences that people have had without implicating anybody because we don't like realistically in the most honest possible way we're not idiots we've run businesses for way past the hump now we we're doing fine and we do enjoy it but there is a point where we're like well what's next and that's the point where I go speak to other people people who've been running businesses for 20 years and go okay well why do you stick out why do you do it rather than just imploding or saying not enough so that's the probably the point of it is to Mm. It's a tie and take people on some sort of an educational journey of going, this is what it's like to run a business. It's, it's what, we didn't really answer that question though, when you asked that at the beginning. We don't know the answer to that question. No, but you asked the question at the beginning about, about um, you know, how we, we've just fallen into this world of, of business. I suppose we haven't in a way. I suppose there was a drive. No, but I mean, when you, when you left. Um, the previous agency. Yeah. Did you plan to get another job or? No, it was. Um, I hated, I became to hate what I was doing, but I only knew how to do one specific task, which was make films well. Um, and the, the, I became unhappy, and I realised that the only way to control happiness was to do it myself, not allow someone else to do it for me, not, not have anybody dictate things to me. Now, let's be clear, you still have your life dictated to you because you've got clients, um, but you have decided to opt in this time and all of the business decisions, all of the risks that you have wanted to take while you were working somewhere else or wanted the business to take and couldn't understand their reasons for saying no, now that risk and those decisions are on you. Yeah, it comes with the failure of it, but if you want those things, if you want that... Um, you think that's going to help your happiness. You think that you, your ideas are better. You have to go and try it yourself rather than just fucking complaining about it, which is what I was in a period of like eight months of just complaining. I was like, well, well, don't work here then. Do it for yourself. Because realistically, everything that you say you want is only going to come from working for yourself. I think making that leap is tough. But, I mean, that, I mean it, for me, it came because, I mean, I was just... I, I was so miserable for about five years, and I, I, I was I was depressed. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, and um, you know, and I, I just couldn't find a way out of it. You know, and it was, and it actually took a um, it took a um, an event in my life to force me to to just say, right, I, I'm 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 ready. I, well, to be honest, you can never be ready, but I just felt this is the time, and yeah. and, and that event was I witnessed somebody die. Yeah. I know that that sounds deep, but I literally sat by the bedside of my father-in-law, um, and he passed away in front of me. Yeah. And for me, that was like, shit. Yeah. This is this is it now. This you know, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. You know, it woke it woke me up. Yeah. To to just just to leap and go for it and make me you know make that make that choice and and I'm here five years. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm five years this year. And it, but at the point now where you know, well, what do I do next? I don't push it because you made that, and that decision was. But I think the first five years was survival. Yeah. And now naturally you get to the point where actually where you question do I where does it go? This? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. So this is the first topic. We've got two topics today. Right. Importance of being happy, which seems quite big and deep. Yeah. Um, in, in business. In your job. Yeah. In your, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because. Realistically, I'm a filmmaker from an editing background. I can animate and do a load of other stuff. But there are times where the more I do that, the less I'm in charge of the business. And vice versa, the more I'm in charge of the business, the less I do of the thing that I've learned how to do and was good at. And it's the constant battle with actually finding what actually makes you happy. I think that... Um, Whenever I speak to other people in charge of companies, they're very sort of sure in what they do. Or is they outwardly portray themselves as sure in what they do? And then I talk to you, and you're like me, just going, I'm fine, but I don't know if I'm 100% in either, like, what's the word? I was going to say in either boat, but that's not a 
mm. saying, is it? Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. I, I think um, where I, I'm at a bit of a crossroads at the moment. So. Um, Remember, people who you work with might listen to this. Yeah, so that's right. No, no, I mean, I, I'm being open with them about it because, I mean, when they are buying into what um, we do... Who's we, by the way? Bar- Barksy, what Barksy do, um, they they want to work with me, right? Yeah. You know, that that's the selling point of, yeah. often is because I'm good with the clients, yeah. you know, I know what they want and um, um, and, and I think that, that works. I think where where I'm at now is I want to kind of try and take a step back yeah. and start working. Uh, I think um, I said it to you last week. Um, start working on the business rather than in it. And I think that's the problem I'm at, at the moment. Is is I'm way too heavily involved yeah. in in editing, um, in uh, looking for cast. In I, I'm basically producing, yeah. and and my my business just won't grow, and it can't grow without that. Uh, without me, me sort of take, taking that step back, I believe. Yeah. But I've spent it? five years working in the business that I don't know how to do that. Like, and, and I know it's probably really easy. But I it, don't know if it's easy because I think. No, but it is. It's easy. You just get lazy, right? Fucking sit, sit. <laughs> the, <can we> swear? <laughs> yeah. Fucking <laughs> sit, sit in the office, do shit all. Right, and tell some other motherfuckers to do work. Like, but you've got to pay for it, and that's the problem. You've got to. Mm. But, but actually, I bet there's. You know, in the end of the day, you're paying for it, but actually, you're working on on the growth of your business. So, yeah. But you've got to kind of trust that. Is that not quite cynical? If you think about the way a client will perceive it, they wouldn't want that, would they not? To think wouldn't that. Want what? That you're just sat in the back not doing anything. But I don't think they care how, how a video is created. If if you're created a culture, a business yeah. environment who gets the best, yeah. they don't give a shit. I mean, you've got staff. Yeah, I mean, I think... You send them out without you, don't you? Yeah. In fact, I prefer them to go out without me because yeah. they're better than me. So <laughs> I think the, the, you take people on who are better than you. I think it's quite a uh, cynical way of looking at it. I don't think it's that easy to, to make that step because you work in a creative business and the your issue might be that the work that you do sometimes becomes quite formulaic rather than necessarily um, it, feeling the need to step away from it. If you're doing the same film 10 times in a row, it's perfectly natural to think you want to take a step back from it all. The flip of it is... I know plenty of video production companies who will happily make the same film over and over again and just make money off it. My problem is I can't do that. Mm. Yeah. Personally, I always sit there and go, I'm struggling to find the creative plug. So that's why I feel I need to take myself out of business because I'm probably more of a hindrance by sitting there and thinking, I'm going to move my leg here and knock everything over. Um, do I hinder everything by my own ridiculous desire to make something new that I've seen rather than rather than um settling I think that it always felt and some of the other companies I worked for were so fine to just make the same thing over and over again and I think for your staff that'll you'll grind them down after a bit yeah all my staff have been with me for quite a long time and I don't know whether that's because we make different things or we push ourselves to make different things, or... Well, when you say different, though, I, I, this is where I, I don't really understand that, because, um, y- you know, in terms of a narrative, there's only so many narratives that you can sort of create, isn't there? So I think, I mean, in a technique, so if you look at a film, so say someone comes to you wants to do a brand film and tell the story of their company. Now, there's... There are... There is a story there that the company have, but it's how we craft it and make it are the thing that I keep on trying to make something a bit more unique or make them something that from a technical standpoint has something different um but i don't know whether that's right yeah no i think okay let me an example you're doing a corporate video right and it's an interview tent it's an interview setup and you have the typical sort of interview setup you would do with a three-point lighting and there's your interviewer and they have eight questions and they just sit and they ask the questions to the whoever they need to be asking. I hate that now because I don't feel it gets 
I don't feel you're pushing the form or the boundaries. What you're essentially doing is going, this is good enough to to answer what the client wants. But as you, for me, to be happy, I sort of feel like I need to be breaking that to a degree, mm, yeah. pushing to get actual actual stories and actual content out of people rather than that we've I've got eight agreed questions that I've agreed with the client and we're gonna ask them. Well I mean this is where I I, I am doing it differently from you. Mm-hmm. So um, and, and I think I put more emphasis on this possibly than you have. Yeah. Whereas you put more emphasis on the techniques. So I actually employ I- interviewers. Right. So actual interviewers mm-hmm. uh, I, there's one interviewer I use, uh, Roger Greenwood, he's 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 um, He's, he's retired now. Um, he, he worked Everyone at, you know is really I know, old. I know, I know. <laughs> but but he's he's so great at getting at making the the the, the interviewee at ease. Right. And and he, we don't go in with a set of questions. Sure. You know the the whole point of it is about fishing. Yeah, yeah. Fishing for great content and 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 that is an art for me. That mm-hmm. is a real art that not a lot of people can can do. See, I disagree with the not a lot of people can do thing because I, that's what we've started doing. I have. I started having arguments with like CEOs of company when they come in with notes and the questions have been laid out, and I'm like, <clears throat> the, all the pressure is on the person interviewing, and all you need, all you really need to find is someone who can be interested in the conversation that they're having. That's the harder thing, because you find like if you go and sit as someone who owns a business and goes and sits and talks to the CEO of BMW, right? You, as a the sort of person that you are, naturally sit there and be interested in what that person does. And you get given maybe the topic of what they're talking about. Maybe they're talking about pensions or something like that. But you just sit there and go, I've got half an hour sat with this person. Let's have a conversation. I don't think that's that difficult to find. I think what's difficult is finding somebody genuinely interested. I, I think just being com- confident about... about um, about that, you know, because yeah. I mean that—that's quite, um, you know, you're kind of in the spotlight. You, you're in front of this dude, yeah. right? And you've got to. Right, gotta, that was misogynistic. Yeah. Are you referring to dude as a guy? No, just the general sort of everything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like nature. You can't be a man or <laughs> I sometimes call women dudes. Come on. <laughs> right, carry on. Let's just do a disclaimer here, right? <laughs> right. Dude means anyone. Right. right. Yeah. So dude or dudesses. <laughs> no, that makes it worse. <laughs> anyway, right? The person. Yeah, the person. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what I'm saying now. <laughs> <laughs> so, it could be, so, I don't know what you're talking about either. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that uh, I've, I do, and, and, and it, it's very time consuming, if I'm honest with you, um, and I don't really know any other way of doing it, is right. I transcribe every single word of an interview and I do a paper edit. And it, and it, I, I mean, I, I, I send, I ship it off to be transcribed by a transcription yeah. service. But there's a few, I'm giving all my, my tricks away here, but there's a few um, reasons why it's good. Tricks, you could just Google it. Right, no, no <laughs> right. Um, so I can also create sub-edits right. from that edit and say, actually, client. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think to this video? And and very often I'm upselling video right. content, not even by editing it. And also I can be sending the transcript to the client, yeah, so that they can basically have that um, be able to see what's there and say actually you've missed yeah. this line, you missed that line, and it really supports the client. But I just find I can craft awesome stories by cutting up pieces of paper on the floor and moving it here right. and, there, and it works amazingly well. Like, well, if you. Sure, because we slightly different. We do a content edit. Um, seldom does it end up getting up sold pro- properly. Maybe that's because I don't do a transcription. Because it's easier for a client to read something than it is for them to sit through 45 minutes worth of footage. Um, I do, like, a lot of the work that we do is like a three or four minute corporate film we'll film for... Yeah, we'll end up with two hours worth of footage. And because of the way we interview, it does come out with lots of other good stuff. Most of it never goes anywhere. Um, 
it's difficult to revisit stuff though, do you not find? Mm. Once something's actually been finished, I find it really difficult to go back yeah. to it. To go, oh, let's sit and watch through that interview again. Yeah. Um, We're kind of going away from our original. Uh, what was the original <laughs> thing? <laughs> happiness. We're talking about our business and it happiness. happiness. <laughs> We're talking about video. Yeah. No one gives a shit about it. No, no one gives a shit about anything, <laughs> really, do they? Um, but I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a, to be honest, actually, like we shouldn't really be worrying about the techniques, really. I mean, in a, in a way, if we are trying to control the business, not, though? is that not what? But we should be, we, we should be right. All right. But so what makes should, me happy is the techniques. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, you could be giving your uh, your staff the um, uh, what's the word? Tell me the word. <laughs> you want the the um, the control. You're yeah, the control the, yeah. um, and influence the, to be able yeah. to make the decisions for the best of of, of your company. Yeah, you know, that, I mean that that's what you should. Yeah, be doing. but okay. All right, all right, you can go in and say, actually, no, I want a transcription doing that that video. But they'll know. hate me if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think if you get, wouldn't you be right? Come on, right? Okay, no, wouldn't no, no. you be happy? Right. right, just in you're in your office, right? Yeah. You you walk in. What am I wearing? You wearing you wearing um, shorts and right. sandals. You got sandals. Have on. I got a top on? So it's, yeah, you got you got a shirt. I've got a Norwich City it's top a, on, like you. <laughs> yeah, it's a short sleeve shirt, right? Yeah. You walk in to your office. Yeah. Right. You high five your staff as you walk in. This doesn't right? sound like my business. <laughs> right. And then you go to the end of the room where your office is. You open the door. It's a glass window, just like our old employees. <laughs> right. And you sit down. Yeah. Right. And your day to day, you got meetings set out, right? Yeah. You got meet people coming in, and you talk about your business and talk about your work. You, you know, um, you've got a, a video being made. It's coming to you. You can give some feedback on it. You're not going to work on it. Just give them some yeah. feedback on it. You're going to, you know, they go away, work on it, come back to you. Right. You know? And and your job is just to be that influence. You are you are Steve Jobs. You are the guy at the top who everyone wants to impress. Um, Wouldn't that make you happy? I don't know. If I think, because realistically, I look at me, me position as I own a business, but I quite enjoy being a creative director. And, but you do have to do, no matter what your position is, you're always going to have to do something in the business, running the business, paying people, doing the VAT, doing the tax. I find that deciding or understanding where the industry is going is the thing that, um, people buy into us as a business for. We got this thing called the, with the pioneers in video, mainly because of my own techie idiocy and nerdiness to keep on going forward with it and seeing what's new and what's out there. Um, and I think that if I don't do that, everyone else is so caught up in actually doing work, it's more difficult for them to do that. It's maybe so. It's maybe the same thing, just described a different way. Because realistically, that person sat in that glass office can be sat there just looking at where the industry is going. Or, um, I don't feel that's the thing that a lot of people do, though. And I think that's my balance. Actually, going when you find out a new technique, I feel the need to do it myself first. And the problem with that is then you're back into mm. delivering the work. Um, Maybe you should try it for like a year or something. Do what? You know what I mean, not doing anything. Yeah. No, I mean you can do your own projects. You know, yeah. any, anything at home or stuff that you're interested in, podcasts, whatever it might be. Yeah. But but actually, on your business, maybe for one year you should try it differently. You know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, but the, uh, what the? I think the worry is, I'd been in a in a position before I couldn't work. When I when I broke my elbow, I couldn't work. I was really unhappy because I couldn't edit something or make a film or do something. I'd say when I was genuinely happiest in terms of creating stuff, I actually found I was getting better and better at my job. Was when we were doing the vlogs a couple of years ago. We did a vlog, we had a whole year of doing vlogs every week, and creatively, I felt satisfied. My work for clients got better because I was doing all that stuff outside of it, um, and I felt the the downside to it though is the business probably didn't grow as much as it should have done. But I felt happier. Now, what's more important? Because effectively the business can grow, but does that tick the quite big box for me, which is I still need to make stuff? Because you gotta know that when you're running when you're pushing the business all the time and you're running stuff, 
I that for me looks like a lot of emails that I'll have to go through, which is the what I'm not very good at. And I do believe in you know perfect what you're good at and ignore what you're bad at. Just start your receptions. <laughs> so read your emails answer him I'm talking about doing proposals and pitches and all sorts <laughs> that guy has someone else to do you're not going to do anything <laughs> but I, I, oh, look the, the thing is the, it's finding the crux to happiness that's the thing yeah. is the crux to happiness having a big successful business or actually just being content I, I, I mean maybe you're happy just at a level yeah. there's a level that you reach yeah. and actually Staying at that level for the rest of your life is is you're content mm. with, right? Because you want happiness, yeah. you want to do the videos you want yeah. to do, um, and you want to tick a, you know want to work with people you yeah, want to yeah. work with. Happy yeah. days. But actually, what else is there in if life? If you wanted to go beyond that, but maybe... what is beyond being happy then at that point? Well, you're hitting nirvana all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. So what's the what if that thing that you just explained? Look. I'm not naive. I understand that there is a desire to grow, but I don't know why where that desire comes from. If I'm honest with you, I mean because have you got that? I I don't know what it is. I, I think it's just a desire to 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 be a success. I think. I mean, if I look back at my that's it, difficult. Yeah. Where, what quantifies success? Yeah. I mean, I whose eyes are you doing it? No, no, you, no. It's, it's it's a good point. I mean, when I look back at my um, when, when I was a kid, right in cups. Yeah. Right. This is going to go really to therapy. Isn't it? It's going to be somebody no, that you, you right? Okay. No, I don't, no I've, I've already talked to a therapist about this. I'm over it. Brilliant. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. Right. So when I was a kid, right, yeah. playing Cubs, right, I used to be in the Cubs and I used to play football. Right? Yeah. Now we never lost. Like. Right. Never. Like not one game. In fact, it was like ten nil every game, and I would score five in in six games. What is this? Where does this get right? Just listen. In six games. <laughs> I scored 26 goals. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, get I, you on that plane, get you over at the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Now, I was brought up to win, right? Right. And, and, and I played football for a long time till I was about 21. Is that why you're wearing this Norwich City this top now? I'm wearing the Norwich City shirt, right? Right. And, and I, 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 Fills out a little bit more yeah, now I mean, these I, days. I, was a youth, I played in the youth team for Norwich City. Right. Which, okay. You know, when I was in Norfolk, I was, you know, I was going places. You, I was going places. Right? <laughs> But but I, I gave all that up. Parents got divorced, right? Gave it all up. I right? think we get into dad. <laughs> right? right. I think we get into the crux of where the the success thing has to come yeah, from. Yeah. But I think within me, yeah. there is a desire to to achieve. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I I mean I don't set myself goals. Right. Like I I never fucking made a decision to buy a studio. I don't know where that you came did. from. That you did make a no, decision but, to buy one. No, but I don't know how it happened. Like it just. I find that I boredom. I may it, it could be boredom yeah but I find I find uh, no it was necessity it wasn't necessity no it was it? I was I was booking studios yeah. for my clients and paying a lot of money for it yeah and I found that if I invested in a studio space it would be benefit to my clients and to me yeah so that's why I did it but I I do find that. I don't have. Everyone talks about having this five-year plan and this and that. I don't have anything like that. I don't know no. where I'm going to be tomorrow. Well, you know where you're going to be tomorrow. No, I don't. You've got. A, I mean, I, I get where you're going with this, <laughs> but I think you know where you're going to be tomorrow. No, I know where I'm going to be tomorrow, but I mean, in in five years' time. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, if I if I was to direct that towards being happy, then I guess being happy for me would be would be creating the videos I want. Have we not gone full circuit? We're talking about the the thing that'll make you happy is making the videos that you want. Yeah, I think so. Making the content. So it's about, but that goes into, therefore, can you take yourself out of making stuff? Because to make the things that you want, surely you need to be more involved in making stuff. Yeah, I need to be actively creating yeah. my own content rather than for, you know, always for clients. You know, I think, right. I think there's a, there is a need for me to be able to um, work on. I, I, I think the problem is when you're in the corporate industry, you do get into this rut of making the same stuff. Yeah. You do, right? Yeah. And and, and that can be because of pressures, mm -hmm. um, because people aren't willing to take risks. Yeah. And I find that if I was to start creating my own content, which I would love to start doing, yeah. I've, I've, I've been thinking very much about it. Then I would start to make those risks and make things that are new, yeah. interesting, award-winning, whatever it might be, yeah. whether that's important or not. But 
you know, and 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 that for me would be a great thing to do. I'd See, be... I'm trying to do that in me day to day. That <clears throat> this whole pioneers in video thing is because of that desire to to put that into practice at work. Now, I've, I found that I've run out of excuses for not making my own stuff. That was the one thing I found in the last sort of 12 months. It's like you've now got, you own all the kit, you, you've got all the people around you, you've got the ability, the technical knowledge of the software and everything is there. Now give me an excuse for not making your own stuff. I was like, oh shit. I haven't got any excuses. So what I actually do, how do you progress it? So then I started telling people about my ideas because I heard that what you should do is commit yourself by telling people everything. Tell people what you want to do. But actually, it just turns out that you're portraying yourself as a failure to more people because you've got all these ideas that you tell people and you still don't fucking go anywhere. Um, that's part of the crux. And that's probably why we try and innovate so much in the films that we do, just because I want to use all those techniques. And I want to use it across a wider range of content because realistically, if I was to make my own stuff, it probably wouldn't involve a lot of the techniques that we do. I don't know if this is making any sense, but um, I think there's no reason the corporate videos and stuff that we make at times should be boring. There's no there's no rhyme or reason for it. I, I do find that I, I, I do agree with you. I, I do find that simplicity is important as well. Like I don't think you need to overcomplicate. Yeah, I do, yeah. I don't think I think you need a hook, right? So if you're doing something if we're putting a piece of content out there and um it the things that make me happy, the things that I go back and watch are the things that I know are honest and that I can see the person that we're interviewing, for example, or the message that we're getting out there has been done in a an honest and interesting way. And the things that I don't go back and rewatch. I mean, I've rewatched corporate videos that we've done before because I'm like actually interested in the thing that the person's saying because we've shot it in a way that this person who is whatever at their role is just talking about their job, is talking about what they do. That's fucking interesting at times. Just general people just talking about whatever. And I think that at times when we have to tow the party line or you know, have to put in things that are almost impossible for that person to answer without sounding like a, a corporate machine are the ones that are more broken. I do, I'm not an idiot. I understand why those things are needed. But that's the thing that actually, in, in terms of happiness, makes me less happy because people come to us to tell stories and then make us put something in there that breaks that story. And that's the thing. I could be genuinely perfectly happy with the content that we do if everything had the level of honesty and then the creativity comes after it but right at the start that really important bit we get forced to say these things that sometimes you're just like this isn't this isn't right this isn't working it's like you get questions um can you just tell us about why it's so great to work here or can you tell us why it's so great to be part of this brand and you're like most people who are employed their answer would be because they fucking pay me at the end of the month. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, if we're honest about it, the reason it's great here is because I do 40 hours a week and they pay me for it. Now, there's a, I, I'm cynical and there might be a load of other stuff in there that um, that they actually get satisfaction out of. Well, the, the, the will be. But it's an almost impossible question to answer because that person can't sit there and say, well, it isn't. Yeah. And that's the reason it's impossible. A question should be able to have the negative side of the answer as well. Mm. And if I... You're just making propaganda then? No, no, I'm not making that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ask someone a question, you say, is it great to work here? They say no. Yeah. Right. All this stuff's going to get cut out of the film, but realistically, you might actually get an interesting film that does change things. Mm. Yeah. You know when you like... That's the interviewer's job, right? You know, to challenge people. Of course it is, right? But it's also, it's about being interested in a conversation with someone mm. and allowing that person to not feel any pressure in the in the way that they're answering. And that's the sometimes a stumbling block of any interview. Mm. You look, you watch the news, and politicians will do it all the time. They roll out. They're not allowed to answer questions, honestly. And you, as, a, as a viewer, you watch it and you sit there and think, I don't trust them and they're lying. No matter what they fucking say, 
that's your instant reaction. That's the thing that they're fighting with because you know by looking at someone, the way they are, the way they're holding themselves, that they're not honest and they're not portraying themselves in the proper way. Now, you can take that and plug it into every other film that you make and go, if you're manipulating what people say, then they're not saying it and your viewer will just stop believing it like mm. that. And I think... I guess that's where you know it's nice to step away from that world sometimes. And do something completely different. Yeah, I mean, you know, create something that is re- is real. Yeah. You know. But those things. Uh, my argument is that those pieces of content, like, it'd be amazing if every politician would come on TV and go, "I have a fucking clue what I'm doing. Uh, I'm making up as I go along, like everybody else is. No one has a real clue what they're doing. People will spout off that they know what they're doing, mm. but really, we're all sort of bumbling through things, and. You'd sit there and go, Christ, that I am behind that person because at least they were honest. It's like when you do, um, you're interviewing the CEO of a company, Company X, and they're talking about their new strategy plan, blah, blah, blah. And the ones that have done that work really well were the ones where people sit there, you've broken it down and you just say, why did you even, what, what, why did you even do this? Not tell me about blah 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 and then they've got the, the so the, your question changes their response completely because mm. they might sit there and go well we looked at the business and this or they'll go the importance to the business is x and you're like this is why he cares yeah. right it's mostly the big corporations that do that though you know i mean i've got a particular client I'm not going to say who they are um you know and they're very worried about about how they're portrayed yeah you know and um and it could have a real impact on them and, and the yeah. business so you just get the same shit pouring out of them. Yeah. You know? But if you put out enough honest content, I mean, I, this is, I might be completely idealistic and wrong and it's never going to really work because of the fear. But if you put out enough content and be honest about it, your failings will be negated by the fact that at least you were honest about it. Like if you... You know when companies do like live Twitter things go from speak to us from eight o'clock till nine o'clock on Thursday night and they just get a torrent of abuse, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's because they're like, oh, we're never fucking doing that again. So that's what you could be doing as a director, just abusing these, <laughs> these people <laughs> every night, just sitting there abusing them. <laughs> I just think if they, when they do that, they've gone into it with an idea of this is what our, this is what people want. Again, we've gone way off topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you no, but no, you weren't really because we were talking about about happiness and um, and what makes us happy and, and the kind of videos we want to make. Just going yeah, on so, people's live going. live Twitter feeds, yeah. complaining that <laughs> make your trains run on time. It's like what are you thinking? It's like like MPs do it and they go. The, the the reason they can't enjoy and it always goes wrong is because they can't be honest in those moments when they go. Well, I'm going to do. Q&A between um, 9 and 10 o'clock tonight, and they've got a plan of how it's going to go, but instantly, you find something on the internet, you're just going to get loads of random questions. Um, but because they're not honest about it, because they're not allowed to be honest, and they have to say things in certain ways, you just people just get worse and get angrier. Like Boaty McBoatface. That sort of thing. Like, they, if they were just honest about it at the start, and went, yeah, okay, well, we fucked this up. We don't want the boats to be called Boaty McBoatface. Uh, so, let me ask you a question then, Stu. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you could take yourself back to 18 years old. Change, right. change your direction if you want to. Or right. are you going to stick? What, what would you do with your, your life? I mean, are you happy the, the way you are the, now? Well yeah, well, yeah, but what else are you going to do, right? Of course you've got to be happy. I mean, would you go into education and, and be a plumber or, or or do something that's just a bit, a bit more simple I'm than very now? aware that I can make you a film about plumbing, but yeah. I can't do any plumbing. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I don't, you've no regrets, right? What's the point? I don't think that he's a... I've, no, I think I'm trying to get out. I would, are you happy I, I would, tr- I would try harder to be a footballer and make loads of money. That's <laughs> yeah. right. I would really stick at it. No, but would, you start, would you have started a business? Would you, uh, the, the you know? bit, like Starting a business thing is weird because I always thought I wanted to run my own business before I was 30. I don't know where I came from. It seemed like How an art... Uh, 35. Right. But, so I was there. I did it before I was 30, but it's an arbitrary number. It doesn't... It's Why that mattered, I don't know. Um... I want to retire by I'm 50. 
That I said, I'd said that as well. But again, where'd that figure come from? Because in it's between, just a decent age to like still have a little bit of living in you. Do you know what I mean? Have a little bit of living in you. Yeah. What would you do if you got if you were fifty now and you go out and go and retire? What would you do tomorrow? Build walls. You wouldn't build walls, Rob. <laughs> what were you going to be a dry stone waller? Yeah. What are you going to in do? my garden? Does that okay? That gets you four months at most, and that's a, that's building a wall pretty fucking slowly, right? <laughs> What do you do after that? Trump call me. What? Trump call what? Call me Trump call me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Donald Trump likes walls, doesn't he? I see. <laughs> 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 right. What were you saying? I don't know. But, yeah. What is, no, it's trying to figure out what you're going to do. So it, the thing is, the, well, I've I'm got 50, this. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I mean, everyone wants to retire, don't they? Do you want to retire? I think I do, because I think I should say I do. But really, I don't think I do. No? Oh, I really can't wait. Yeah, I'd like the the pressure of not having to to push myself. That's what you're actually after. You've got a pension. You? <laughs> <laughs> I know a man. <laughs> right, for a start, I don't think I need to go into it on this. <laughs> If uh, you can call in, if you do pensions. We've not got yeah. call. It's not a live <laughs> show. <laughs> Send us a tweet. I need to set up a tweet. This is the thing. Doing a podcast, the downside of doing a podcast is it's like running a fucking business again because it's a startup, a Twitter account, an Instagram. I was thinking um, we could do a... Uh, Are you crying? Yeah. We could do a photograph of me and you wearing Speedos, holding a dog or something. You know, Where's Speedos come from? Just... just <laughs> Where's the speedo? We've got to do it now, haven't we? No! Right. Where's the speedos come from? I don't know, just man of ac- action. Just I look like a bag of potatoes <laughs> with a top on. So, all those bulgy and doughy. If you've got some uh, ideas on, on, on our photograph, then please tweet, tweet in. us. Tweet in. It's not tweet in, tweet at us. All right, we have another topic, and we've already got 20 minutes we've left. We've not even gone on topic yet, have we? Ah, whatever. So, Is anyone listening? Are you still there? <laughs> no, you still... Don't worry about it. <laughs> so uh, I have to listen to this back before this goes out anywhere and decide whether or not <laughs> we, this is appropriate in any way. <laughs> right, let's get, let's get something that is appropriate. Then. Right, okay, office etiquette. That was the next topic. What does that mean? Sorry. So how, right, running your own business... Uh, means that you dictate office etiquette, right? Of your office. It should be run... The culture. Not just the culture, but all the things that... Um, forget the culture, because it's really airy-fairy sort of thing, because everyone's culture is the same, especially in agencies. They're all like, oh, we all like drinking tea, and we're all really happy, and blah, blah, blah whatever. I mean, the sort of... The, the, the details of office culture. So, how your office is is dictated by you to a degree. Your office is really clean, your studio's really clean. Mine's a shit all at times, but I think that's because, there's people in my office, there's two people in my office who keep their area very clean, and there's the rest of us just destroy it. And I think that's my fault. And I think office etiquette is, is really difficult, because I sit there and go, how are you meant to actually behave in an office? Because no one tells you right. So no, like at school, no one says to you. you but all I, your staff work from home, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I have an office. Yeah. Sometimes go in. <laughs> but that, what, like you know, when you were, were growing up and you're at school, and they would say you're not allowed to swear in office. You know, you're not allowed to swear in certain in, when you're being professional. You have to dress in a certain way. And then you go to actually, you go to work, and everyone's swearing all the time, and everyone's wearing whatever the fuck they want to wear. And I was Are like, you're going to bring a uniform in. Office. I could bring a uniform <laughs> But what, I mean, I don't know where... Um... In our industry, it's a bit kind of weird, really, isn't it? The, the creative industry coming in in sandals. and It's that perception you want to give to your your customers. Yeah. You know, these creative... You're not corporate. Um, you know, you're not this and but that. But where does all that come... Where, right. Because is it... Wear jeans. I mean, surely everywhere. It's like, unless you're like an accountant or a law firm. Well, a lot of people have dressed down Fridays. That toggles my <laughs> mind, right? Sure, right. Because, and that in that way, it's meant to be 
our staff are happier when they have dressed down Fridays. <laughs> like, is it not everyone just happy all the time anyway? I don't know. I, I, I get it. Don't come in your fucking dressing gown. I'm not. But there are times when you can be. And a pipe. And a pipe. You're not allowed to smoke <laughs> in the office. I'm not, I don't think that's office etiquette. That's just the law. But you know what I mean? The way people are with each other, the way people talk to each other. When you know your first job, forget whether it was in the, the film industry or whatever. Your first day, were you trying to gauge how everyone else was behaving? Because no one sits and says to you, like, this is the way we behave at this place. This is the, yeah, the standard. I, I think so, yeah. I think um, you, you have to fit in with whatever the workplace yeah. feels like. So, you know, as a, as a new member, you you walk in, it's, you know, everyone's not chatting, so you kind of feel like, oh, okay, everyone's yeah. busy, I need to keep quiet here, or, yeah. you know, or there's a little bit of um, banter going don't on. Don't say so. banter, I was about to say, don't <laughs> fucking say banter. Oh, it's the worst. Going on, oh, so get, get involved if you're working somewhere where people say banter, you need to quit. <laughs> That's the, the first off. What's wrong with banter? It's a word for banter? stupid, it's a word for stupid people. Is it? We don't have banter. <laughs> It's like people who say holly bobs and uh, sleeps. Five more sleeps than we holly bobs. Stupid people. Well, I mean, we work together, haven't we? Like, yeah. uh, full time together. Did we get on? We were kind of like, I, I wasn't your boss. You were definitely right? not my boss. No, no, no. There was no way to confuse but, this. But you were in the, you were, you were boss of your department. I was boss of my department kind of thing. Yeah, your department and, and told we my were, department what to do. We were supposed to, to sort of come together and mould and melt everyone together. And never really it worked, did it? It just never worked. <laughs> yeah. But we got on. And, everyone and else fell apart. Yeah, yeah. But I think, okay, who cleans the office when you don't have a cleaner? Oh, you have a rotor, don't you? So... It, do pl- people really care about this? I think people... But this is the thing that people can connect to, right? Mm. People working in an office, like cleaning up your own shit. Everyone should clean up their own shit. But should you also clean up other people's shit if they've not cleaned it up? Yeah. Well, it's just like being a student, isn't it? When you're in, You've not been a student, have you? But it being I in, was a student, you, thanks. Being in, I got kicked being out. Being student but, accommodation. I've not been in student accommodation. I, I had a fuck... Right. Here we are. Here's etiquette for you, right? right. Motherfucking student. Right. I went and bought to Quicksafe. I went to Quicksafe, yeah? Remember Quicksafe? Right. Yeah. yeah. Bought myself a sirloin steak, yeah? And as a student, that's luxury, isn't it? Yeah. Right? Why so, did you do that? Because... Was it I, date I think, night? I think I Date just, night with Rob? No, no. I think I was I was um, celebrating the fact that I got a good grade on a, on a paper or something. Right. So I bought this steak, put it in the Dipped fridge. it in a pot noodle. You what? Dipped it in a pot noodle. No, no. <laughs> I took it home. Put it in the fridge. Yeah. Went to student uni for a pint, as you do, right? Came home, fucking, it. One of the students is eating it. He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking eating my steak in front of me. He's eating it in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he, and he was. All right. I think he was stoned, right? Right. But, but he was. He was. Yeah. He was eating. And I went fucking crazy. I what mean, did he say to him? Well, I just said, look, fucking. <laughs> What are you doing? Like, that's my steak. I've paid, I paid five quid for that steak. It's not an expensive steak, Rob. Yeah, but as a student back then in 2001. What did he say through his drug-addled mind? Oh, I just let him eat it. You let him eat it? Yeah, well, what can you do? He's halfway through my steak. <laughs> so in t- if you're talking about etiquette, right, that motherfucker there, yeah. right, he's going to go to a job. Eat or someone else's lunch. He's going to ruin. Yeah. But this is why etiquette's important, right? Because someone can easily... Ruin it for everybody else. Mm. But the other thing that ruins it is passive aggressiveness in an office. So if you're in an office and there's... I'm trying to think of saying this in ways that don't implicate loads of people that I know who work in offices. Um, You have... Tom Lyons. No, not... (laughs) (laughs) Not Tom. He's fine. (laughs) Um, Lucy Warrington. No, again, she's fine. <laughs> Everyone in my office is fine. The etiquette's fine. If anything, I'm the one with the bad etiquette in it. Um, in fact, this is an example of how badly my etiquette is. I, went, I opened the fridge door today and there was milk in it that was gone off. And I opened the bin and there's no bin bag in it, but I still put the milk in the bin. <laughs> Just knowing full well that someone else will sort that shit out. <laughs> I'm the guy who eats the steak. Yeah. Right. Well, the problem I've got in my office is I, I have this new uh, Nespresso 
coffee machine. Why did you say it like I, that? I don't know. It just feels like you should say it like that. It doesn't. Yeah. Plus, don't, don't buy Nestle products. Right. Don't say that. You'll you'll defamation and stuff. It's in a song. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but basically, I never wash the milk frother out. I forget. That's disgusting. I forget to do right. it. Right. So at it the goes end of off every day. So I get in the morning or two yeah. days later or whatever, and it's like still got scabby milk in there. Yeah. But there's no one around really to tell me what to do. So. So you leave it. So, well, I clean it. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I've got no etiquette, really. I mean, I keep it clean. I keep it clean because I know I've got clients coming to, to see yeah. it or to use the facility. See, no one comes into my office for the people yeah, who work well, there. I so I had a client coming the other day, and uh, he said the first thing, he was like, this place needs a sweep. I thought, <laughs> shit, I can't bring people in here. I do have to say, when I go there, there's, there's, there is a, a, a nice musky Is this my smell. office you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, people don't come to the fucking office then. <laughs> I, I don't need you there, judging me. You brought it up. It does need a clean. But again, I think that comes from me. I have, I can't even see the dirt. That's how bad I am. I can't even see it. But I have also. It's because your head's you're creative, and your head is in, is in. Because uh, I'll put a cup mode. right in the sink of another. Like when I used to work at a different company, and magically it was clean the next day. And I thought I did it for like three weeks. There was a note on the sink that said, "Clean your own fucking mugs up." But I still left the mug in there. It still got cleaned. <laughs> So, well, how am I going to learn my lesson? <laughs> because at some point, we're a client... too British. That's the problem. Uh, no, I'm too much of a prick. That's the problem. No, we're too British. We work. We work. We don't want confrontation. But they obviously want confrontation a bit. That's why they put the note there. Whereas I'd actually probably no confrontation would have been telling you. Yeah, but I'd have been fine with that because the passive aggressiveness made me put the cup there even more. It didn't make me clean it up any faster. <laughs> it was like. Oh, fuck you, writing a note. Come and speak to me face to face. Shame me. Actually, the thing you should do is you should shame people. What's your business etiquette like? Please tweet us. <laughs> this is what you do. This is not what you do. <laughs> you go, for a start, we can ask people to tweet us. There are no followers at the moment. No one's listened to this. We need to set up an account first. <laughs> if you've got some advice for Stuart's office... <laughs> Look, <laughs> no, that'll just be people. Because the only people going to listen are people who are going to be into my office. Like, yeah, clean the fucking office. Oh, uh, next topic. So that was it. We only, had two, we only had two topics. We only had two topics. That was the point. Two topics. What's the point of this podcast? I, I mean, it'd be, be, I, I want to just in timing it. Yeah, so we started at one. Oh. You've got. We were going to do it for an hour. Oh, look, 56 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, we've got four minutes left, though. Well, we need to wrap up in terms There'll of... There'll be edits, so it won't be 40 minutes. We haven't done an intro. I did an intro. No, I was rubbish. Would you want me to do one now and then cut it around? Because yeah. I was thinking that bit that we did then... You're the host. You're the Ricky Gervais, are you? Right. I'm the fucking cop. Well, thank you very much for listening to That Day The Dog Came Into The Office. Working title. Well, no. From when I launched <laughs> it, you can't fucking change it. Oh, no, but... So we have to decide right now whether that's a title or not. That's a title. <laughs> right, okay. Because your your thing of business matadors <laughs> is not not going to flow. Business wankers. So anyway, thank you very much for listening to the uh, the first that day the dog came into the office podcast. Uh, you can tweet at us, but I don't know what the Twitter is yet because not set it up. Uh, <laughs> you can email us, but again, I'm not setting anything up yet. Uh, so I'll put a link in the description to all those things. Uh, you'll be able to find us on iTunes and Acast and wherever else you get podcasts. Get in touch. Um, tweet us. Ask us what you'd like us to talk about. Not ask us. That's the wrong thing, isn't it? Tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Ask us any questions about running a business. Uh, tell us to just stop already and get back on with running a business. Uh, do what you want, man. Uh, uh, thank you very much for your time, Rob. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. No, you'd say thank you, Stuart. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> Why yeah. do I say that? Because I, I said thank you, Rob. All oh, right, thanks, Stuart. Stuart, thank you. <laughs> Forget it. Right, cut. There you go. Play the jingle. Oh, can I do a jingle? If you want to do a fucking jingle, do what you want, man. <laughs> <laughs>